Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed that is not faced. James Baldwin. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock solid metabolism, lasting weight loss and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. I'm so grateful that you chose to join me today. I have a special guest. Some of you may remember her from the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit. She was very popular because she's talking about a popular women's health topic, autoimmune disease. And her name is Palmer Capola. And Palmer, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but she healed herself from multiple sclerosis, which is really unheard of in corporate medicine. If you ask corporate medical doctors, can you heal yourself from multiple sclerosis or autoimmune disease? They will flat out tell you no, that you're going to have that for the, your, the rest of your life. And what I'm going to tell you is I know far too many people who actually have reversed these diseases and are in complete remission. I've seen it firsthand and it happens every single day. You just need to know what to do. So that's what we're going to share with you today. I will tell you a little bit about Palmer and then we'll get started. Palmer is a certified functional medicine health coach and the author of the best-selling book, Beat Autoimmune. Palmer has helped thousands of people reverse autoimmune conditions after struggling to heal herself from multiple sclerosis and succeeding. Palmer will share her holistic framework for complete autoimmune recovery called FIGHTS. The FIGHTS protocol offers transformational health recovery for those with autoimmune conditions seeking to avoid the harms of immunosuppressant medications and optimize their health. Welcome, Palmer. I am delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Kieran. Yes, I loved having you on the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit. Everyone loved your segments. And I thought we need to bring you out from the summit, from behind the summit curtain and into the light of day so that you can share your information, expertise, inspiration around autoimmune disease. Huge problem for women at midlife and beyond, which we'll get into. But first, I was wondering if you could share your story of how you became so passionate and such an expert in helping people reverse autoimmune disease. I would be delighted to. I uh, have to take you back in time a little bit to the pre-internet days because I was 19 years old. And up until I turned 19, I was a happy, healthy, well-adjusted young woman. And this particular moment, I was home from my freshman year of college and just working a summer job. And one morning I woke up and the soles of my feet were all tingling. That feeling like you've slept on a limb all night and it just won't wake up. 
So I thought, oh, I'll just go away. But it didn't just go away. So I got to work by noon. It, the symptoms had really, really crept up my, my legs like a vine. I called my mom and dad and who called the family doctor who said, get her over to the neurologist at UCLA today. So that's what we did. I had a very quick exam, as in five minutes. She had me walk across the floor, do the heel toe, heel toe, touch my fingers to my nose. And she pronounced, I'm 99% certain that you have MS, multiple sclerosis. And if I'm right, there's nothing you can do except take medication. And later I actually learned that she had pulled my parents aside and told them to prepare for my life in a wheelchair because that's where I was heading. So we had never heard of MS. This is now in the mid 80s. This was, no one had heard of autoimmune conditions. 50 years ago, it was so rare to you know, know of anyone that had anything like this. So we left terrified, went home. By nightfall, the tingling had crept under my neck. And by the time I went to sleep, I had gone completely numb, neck down. And I would stay completely numb for a full six weeks. So it was an absolutely terrifying time. We had no hope. We had no information on what you could do. There was no Dr. Google. And so all I could do was lay on the couch. And so that's what I did to wait. And I'm very fortunate that I had loving parents who were there. They were rocks. I had friends that came to visit. And there was a pivotal moment as I lay on the couch at age 19, completely numb, when a family friend came over and she asked me, Palmer, why do you think you've got the MS? And I was just taken aback, horrified. What do you mean, why do I think I got the MS? Are you implying I did, what? I mean, I was just beside myself, but there was nothing I could do. She left, but the question wouldn't leave me. So I pondered and puzzled and reflected, why did I get the MS? I wonder, I wonder. And it came to me as a flash of insight, and I need to just go back a little bit farther in time because I had been adopted as a baby by very loving parents, but my dad had been a fighter pilot whose way was the right way, and we butted heads quite a lot. And Dr. Carrot, I have to tell you that my earliest childhood memory is actually of me somewhere between the ages of three and five. My dad is yelling at my mom and calling her names, and she's behind her bedroom door crying. And I'm standing up in the hallway towards my dad, my little dukes up, Yelling back, if you don't stop calling her names, I will sock your lights out. And then in that moment, as I'm lying on the couch, reflecting back and getting that image of me as a little child warrior, I realized that I had become a warrior. I was hypervigilant. I was always on. And I don't have any idea how I knew at the time. And I just envisioned my immune system as Pac-Men that were going around and gobbling up the bad guys, right? I, I didn't know anything further than that. But I had this insight that I had become hypervigilant and therefore my immune system was in overdrive. It too had become hypervigilant. And I learned years later, of course, that that is the autoimmune attack. It's an overvigilant immune system that starts attacking your body's own self tissues. So now I know there's a whole lot more to the story, but I believed at that moment that chronic stress, in fact, was my biggest root cause for the <laughs> MS. And so fast forward, I went back to school because the numbness and tingling retreated in time, but it took 26 years and six neurologist visits for me to not finally heal, 
But I had been told time and time again, there's nothing you can do except take medication. You're going to go downhill. You'll be in a wheelchair, possibly have a shortened life. I never gave up searching for answers. And I finally found functional medicine in the year 2010. And that's when I found out that I had non-celiac gluten sensitivity. I removed the gluten, did a whole host of other things, but that was my biggest, baddest root cause of all. And now we know that gluten creates a leaky gut in anyone who eats it. And that's research from 2015. So that is my story. Yeah. It's such a powerful story. You know, I've known people who've had MS. I have one friend who actually died from it at a very early age. It's a highly debilitating disease and certainly can shorten your lifespan. And there are lots of other autoimmune diseases that similarly cause disability and premature death. So it's a very serious problem and the incidence is higher among women and particularly women at midlife and beyond. So I think it's a very serious topic and you're a testament to the fact of what can happen, what is possible when you never, ever, ever give up, which you shared that quote with me before the episode, which I love. And I don't, you said that you didn't know who had said that, but I think it's definitely a quotable when it comes to autoimmune disease. And really the standard of care is immune system suppression with steroids and other agents or medications for all autoimmune conditions and shutting up your immune system and just telling it, shut up and stop talking to me is never the answer. You really want to ask, I love that that woman asked you, why do you think you have this? And it took a long time, sounds like decades to unravel, but ultimately that became your life purpose. And so I'm going to invite everyone to lean into the symptoms you're having and ask, why do you have it instead of taking a drug to shut that symptom up. So Palmer then, you've got a protocol called FIGHTS that you use. It's a holistic framework for complete autoimmune recovery. I want everyone to hear that, complete, right? That's pretty amazing. And there are lots of people now, I mean, you can talk about maybe some of the numbers who have used this framework to actually completely reverse and be symptom-free from autoimmune disease. So talk a little bit about that. Oh, I love it. It's such a powerful invitation. And I want to say to start with that autoimmunity is now affecting children. This is not just women in midlife anymore. So there's a real opportunity to to address this proactively as early as we can. It's now uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis is a thing, right? So we must get on this immediately. And so after I healed, I decided to study this full-time autoimmunity, why we develop autoimmunity and what we can do to reverse it. And I quit my day job to study this full-time and I just lived on PubMed. And anybody who has any curiosity about how to do this can find the same information. It's all there. So I was just wanting to share the truth and what I found. And I also at the same time decided to become a functional medicine health coach. So I switched gears entirely with my career. And so I studied autoimmunity. I became a functional medicine certified health coach. And I found that time and time again, as we helped our clients heal, they got better as they address these factors. So I sat down after I was, it was suggested to me by a leading immunologist, Dr. Aristo Vojdani, that I consider writing a book about this. 
because too many people are being affected by autoimmunity and not enough doctors are trained in actually how to treat people. I mean, to your point, it's all about immune suppression instead of addressing the root causes. So I sat down and I put all the words on a page and I'm a word person. So I tried to come up with an acronym that represented all the categories. And so I did. And you mentioned FIGHTS, F-I-G-H-T-S. It stands for food, infections, gut health, hormone balance, toxins, and stress. And I lamented that it did not spell peace, but in fact, (laughs) it was more metaphorically appropriate. I have to go back to my dad because while he was, you know, one could say the villain of the piece, right? The person that was perpetrating the conflict in our home, you know, nothing is ever that simple. He was also my greatest teacher and he would encourage me all the time, honey, you can beat this thing. That's what he would say to me. And that, and he's from Savannah, Georgia, and he had that lovely Southern drawl, honey, you can beat this thing. So that's why the book is called Beat Autoimmune. That's a tribute to my dad. In any event, so fights it is. And that is what the book Beat Autoimmune is centered around all of those fights categories. What are they? What can you do to take control of your health? Yes, I think it's such a great book. It really, it's kind of like the Bible on how to reverse autoimmune naturally. So I encourage anyone suffering with autoimmune to get it and read it. Don't have contempt prior to investigation, actually get it and look at it. I love this other quote you shared with me from James Baldwin, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed that is not faced. And I think part of the problem with our current corporate medical system is that we're not really facing our health challenges. We're sweeping them under the rug and telling our bodies with their symptoms that are trying to tell us, hey, something's wrong. We're just taking medications to shut it up. So we're not really facing it. But to really stare down, if you've got lupus, Hashimoto's, multiple sclerosis, whatever it is, turn and look at it in the eye and ask it, what are you trying to teach me? What is wrong in my body? What are you showing me? And I love that, you know, it's telling you food. So fights, food, food is a problem. It's telling you, excuse me, infections are a problem. Gut health is a problem. Hormone balance is a problem. Toxins are a problem. Stress is a problem. And so then you have the opportunity. uh, Knowledge is power because then once you have the knowledge, you can do something about it. Can you talk just about one little tidbit on each of those topics, food, infections, gut health, and so on, what they might find? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And before I delve into that, I just want to say how much I agree with what you're saying. The symptoms, I encourage clients to thank them. They are messengers from your body letting you know that something is out of balance And it's kind of like, you know, the engine light on your dashboard of your car. When you get out a hammer and start smashing your dashboard, no, you'd go get it checked out to see what's wrong with your engine. But we don't treat our bodies this way, right? We just shove it under the rug. And this is an opportunity to really empower yourself. And so I encourage you to be thankful for the symptom and then move on to digging in. Why is this happening? And dig deeper. So yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Let's go into each one. And so food is really the highest leverage category. People heal 60 to 80% of the way, and sometimes 100% of the way just addressing foods. I got an email last week from someone who read my book, and she said, 
I just followed your food plan, which is the autoimmune paleo program. I just call it a 30-day food vacation. It's a positive spin on the classic elimination diet. Take out the inflammatory foods. And she said my symptoms 95% better just by addressing food. So number one, and that's why Start With Food is the first chapter in the book. We got to start there. The biggest baddie in the food category is gluten. And it turns out, as I mentioned earlier, that gluten creates a leaky gut in anyone who eats it. Now, if you have the proclivity, the genetic predisposition to autoimmunity, which is many, many people, and you're still eating gluten, it's creating a leaky gut. And that is how the whole autoimmune cascade starts. When you start creating holes in your gut, it allows you know, good and bad things to get into your bloodstream. And that's when your immune system just takes off, starts attacking those things. And then you get the molecular mimicry. Oh, by the way, that gluten particle in your bloodstream looks a lot like your thyroid tissue, which is just absolutely crazy to me, but it's a thing. So you got to stop eating gluten, full stop. This is not, oh, I'm 80, 20 on it. No, it is like the rest of your life, you're not eating gluten, period, full stop. If you're listening to us right now and you've been listening to my podcast and you are still eating gluten, you are not paying attention. <laughs> so little cold water in your face, stop it. Yeah. If your health is not picture perfect, if you have any symptoms, you need to stop eating gluten. Yeah. All right. All right. Shall we move on? Because I don't yeah. do fights in the book as it's spelled, because the next step is to look at your gut health. And this is a really important one too. We treat our guts like garbage disposals. We are just throwing in food, you know, of any kind of variety. And much of our food, the conventionally grown food is actually genetically modified to contain a product that is Roundup resistant. And glyphosate is one of the biggest baddie chemicals that we're facing in our environment today. And if you're eating conventionally grown meat in particular, you got to pay attention and see if you can turn that around to be eating grass-fed 100% wild meat. Why? Because we're not just what, whatever we eat, we're whatever we eat ate. And you want to be eating animals that eat what they're supposed to be eating, which is cows graze on grass. And for example, salmon are not supposed to be eating corn, soy, and wheat right? So you want your salmon eating what it's supposed to eat in the wild. And by the way, Atlantic salmon is code for farmed. Get your, if you're eating salmon, make sure it's wild. So that's what I say about gut health. For everybody listening. So they might say, so what? It's farmed. Can you explain why that's a problem? Well, when it's farmed, they're going to be fed things that they're not supposed to be eating. So it is not in a fish's nature to, you know, want to feast on soy and wheat but that's what they're actually being fed. So oftentimes farmers and fish farmers, they want the best price and they wanna sell their stuff. And you know what? Corn-fed meat tastes good because it's really fatty, but it's not good for the cows and it's not good for the fish. So, you know, sometimes getting used to grass-fed meat can be a little more challenging because it's not necessarily as fatty delicious as what you've been used to eating your smoked salmon that's not wild for example but you've got to take into account that everything that you're putting in your body is either contributing to your health or it's taking you in the other direction 
That's a great point. There is no middle point. It's either making you healthier or making you sicker. There is no in-between. So ask yourself before you lift your fork and stick it inside your mouth, is this promoting health or promoting disease? So what would we look at with gut health? You said glyphosate, number one yeah. offender. Yeah. It really is because it's it's kind of like side stream. You're not aware that you're doing it. And this, what we're doing here is to create awareness about everything that we can be doing so that we can be in control of our health outcomes. So it's just super important that every little thing you do at the end of your fork matters. And if organic is an issue in terms of cost for people, you know, consider, I'm sure you've talked about the environmental working group, they have their clean 15 and the dirty dozen, just make sure, you know, that you're following those guidelines so that you at least are taking the best care you can not to be ingesting pesticides and herbicides, because they're actually boring holes in your gut lining. And that's why I put it in the gut category, everything overlaps, you know, we could talk about that in the toxins category, but it's affecting your gut health really deeply. So that's why I talk about it here. Super important to make sure that we're treating our guts well. The other thing that I'll add to gut health while we're on the topic is Mm -hmm. antibiotics. Mm -hmm. It's like a nuclear bomb for your gut. And because we need our microbiomes to help protect our health and help create our hormones and everything that you talk about, we have to be really, really vigilant about what we are putting in our gut. And one of the things that's harming us as a species is the high level use of antibiotics. And by the way, glyphosate, which we've just talked about, was patented as an antibiotic. That was its first use. So this is, again, there's what you're getting by accident by eating this conventionally grown food with the antibiotic built in or sprayed on. And then there's taking the antibiotics, you know, just for the common cold. This is, you've really got to try to do this naturally without reaching for the antibiotic if you can help. Yeah, absolutely. That should be last resort. Yep. Okay, great. So gut health. And then what would come next? So we've got food and gut health. Then we want to move on to infections because This is super, super important. If you have already cleaned up your diet, you've addressed your food sensitivities and you're doing really well, you are taking care of your gut and you're still not getting better, it's time to consider infections. And this is something that we see in our practice. So I collaborate with a couple of naturopaths and we help people who are not getting better after doing the diet changes. And we find time and time again a collection of infections that include yeast and parasites and chronic Lyme and on and on. But there's so many things that people can do on their own in the infections category. And I would say overall, to consider this category, it's not the bug, it's the terrain. So how you are treating yourself, your gut health, your life, we have to unburden our immune systems. And that is the best way I know of to help really make us bulletproof against infections, the current one, like coronavirus, and these chronic infections that are in us that we may not know about because they're stealth and they're hidden. So what can you do to unburden your immune system? Step one, you got to remove the sugar. You got to remove the sugar. Another thing that I am super in favor of is moving. We were built to move. So move your body stop eating the sugar, and set a bedtime. And these things that are just these lifestyle habits and these changes, 
are profound. They are foundational to healing. So when you are living this detox lifestyle of treating your body well to not let in the toxins and you're moving your body and you're getting in bed so you're asleep by 10, this is creating an environment, a terrain that is not friendly to infections. Right. You know, it's such a, a great point. And everybody knows probably people are going, yeah, I know Palmer, I'm supposed to go to bed at a certain time. And I, <laughs> I know these things, but the thing is that we don't do it. <laughs> and I think it's important that you hear the fact that the terrain matters and that these chronic infections, I mean, most of us have chronic infections. And when you talk about terrain, the, what popped into my head was a tree in the forest, one alive, one dead. So the terrain of the dead tree is denatured such that it's crawling with bugs. You can look at it and you can see the bugs just eating away. Why did they pick that tree? Because it's easy to consume and live off of. And that's what these bugs are doing. They're living off of us. They don't aren't living off of us to such a fast degree that they are immediately fatal to us, except one like the current, which is very virulent and has a higher fatality rate. But their goal for most of these, whether they're viruses, parasites, molds, yeasts, fungi, is to, and chronic bacterial infections, is to consume us. <laughs> I mean, let's just be frank about it. So if your terrain is kind of crappy, let's say, and you stay up late, you don't really tend to your gut health, you eat sugar, which feeds most of these bugs, then your terrain is terrible. And you're like that dead tree in the forest. And you're going to be riddled with these chronic infections that are hard to diagnose, right, Palmer? Oh, hard. Man hard to treat, hard to get rid of, and how you really get rid of them is you fix your terrain. Would you like to add anything about that? Oh, I, that was so beautifully said. I love the metaphor of the trees. I think that's perfect. I don't need to say anything else about it. It's um, beautiful. Okay. Well, let's go on to what's next after infections. Then we got to get to toxins. And this is considered to be the biggest driver of autoimmune conditions are toxins. And Donna Jackson Nakazawa's beautiful book, The Autoimmune Epidemic, which came out in the early 2000s, was really a spotlight on the reason for the increase in autoimmunity today. I already shared that when I was diagnosed at age 19, no one had heard of these autoimmune conditions. And today there are 150 known autoimmune conditions and maybe one in three, one in five people are dealing with autoimmune symptoms, whether they have a formal diagnosis or not. So why is that? There are so many more chemicals in our environment is a huge driving factor. And we talked about the use of herbicides and pesticides, which is really worldwide. And I really want to reemphasize the fact that a lot of these categories overlap. And I'm, I'm not trying to be simplistic about it, but mm -hmm. about 70% of your toxic load comes from the food that you're eating. Mm -hmm. So when you move from a conventional diet to an organic or wild diet, you can clean up most of your toxic load in about a week because most of these toxins are non-persistent. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But, but there's more to it than that because we are sometimes victims of the things that are in our environment 
we are seeing more and more BPA in people that we're testing. We're seeing more and more glyphosate. We're seeing more and more of these pesticides and herbicides. And there are some things that are harder to get out than others. But this is where knowledge is power. Just learning about what you're putting on your face and your body and your self-care and your home care and what you're cleaning with, it all matters. And we talked about, you know, you're either building health, creating health, or you're moving against it. It's, it's really binary in that way. And every little bit matters. So do what you can to clean up your toxic load from the food that you're eating, and you can reduce your body burden really quickly with that. But pay attention to what you're using as cleaning products, to what you're using on your body, in your body. It all matters a lot. It does. And I have a pet peeve in this category. I'm uh, wondering if you could speak to it, which is the artificial scented candles and the plugins. Oh, man. So many people don't get that your, your scented laundry detergent, that they've got all these commercials with people smelling and they're so happy and the dryer sheets and the fabric <laughs> softeners and the plugins and the scented candles and the air sprays and can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> I can. It is a shared pet peeve. And I haven't been in an Uber in a really long time, but uh, out getting in an Uber with the guy who's got four of those <laughs> pine tree. The green pine tree is all stacking from the the mirror. It's maddening. And people just don't know. Don't so know. I will say that the word fragrance and perfume or parfum, which is like the French word that you think is like, oh, it must be beautiful, it's French, it must be great for me. It's actually code for phthalates and plastics. You don't want it in your body. And sometimes, okay, this is gonna get kind of gross people out, but sometimes what's in those fragrances is made from beaver anal gland. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a gross thing. Just know that your products and what you're eating and what you're drinking and any body care products, if it says fragrance or perfume or scent or anything like that, manufacturers are allowed to put whatever they want into that product or perfume or scented dryer sheets so that's part of the plan to remove the toxic load is to remove anything with those words. Yeah, so just stop using the sense, y'all. <laughs> it's so bad for you and you don't even realize it. I mean, I have so many friends who use these things and they just don't get it. So of course I give them articles, which they love, but you know, they're also carcinogenic. So they cause cancer and most people don't realize that. So, okay, we've got to get rid of the toxins. I'll get off my soapbox. And then what's <laughs> next after the toxins, Palmer? Then we're gonna go to stress. So lest we think we're you know, in the clear here, stress is the elephant in the room. And stress is the elephant in the room because it is so insidious, pervasive. We are all more stressed than we've ever been. We are just always on. And I know you talk a lot about high cortisol and the setting the stage for any kind of health problem in your life Autoimmunity is usually triggered by some shocking event, some major stress in life, but it can be perpetuated 
by ongoing stress, by chronic stress. Mm -hmm. That's a piece of it. The other part of stress that is the bigger elephant that's hidden is the chronic childhood trauma, the developmental trauma. I know you know about the ACEs study, the adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. We are a nation, a world that has experienced trauma. And this is not to say that trauma is just the realm of children, but what happens in childhood does not stay in childhood. And there is proof and studies that point to the fact that if you've experienced neglect, abuse, had a family member imprisoned, or your parents were divorced, or the death of a loved one as a child, that there is a greater likelihood that you will experience autoimmunity and other chronic disease later in life. It right. is, it's both shocking and empowering. And I love talking about this because there's so much that people can do. This is, your childhood does not determine who you are, but this is going back to the James Baldwin quote of not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing that is not faced, or you know what I'm saying. <laughs> not, yeah, nothing yeah, can be changed. That is yes, not faced. exactly. And if you're not facing the fact that you had trauma, if you're not addressing it, if you're not releasing the emotions that happened in childhood and taking responsibility for it, that you may be perpetuating mm -hmm. health issues. Right. And I think this is super important too. And I know we're getting short on time, but I think people are really getting it that I had overwhelming experiences as a child and it's affecting my health. They get that. Can you just name some of the things that people can start doing to start working through that? Because I think that's what ping people are really hungry for. Well, what do I do about it? I get it, but what do I do about it? Yeah, so, so powerful. I'm actually creating a course around this. First and foremost is awareness. Just being really true to yourself that something happened or something may have happened is step one, that self-awareness. And sometimes to access that, even the act of journaling, of writing things down is super powerful and freeing. Get it on the page. If you don't like to write, draw, paint, whatever you can do to get it out of you and onto the page. You don't have to share it with anybody unless you want to, but get it out for you. Absolutely. Step one. The other thing to, and I would recommend that if you're new to this whole area, check out James Gordon, MD's book, Transforming Trauma, because in it, he shares a lot of self-help forms of trauma therapy. I'm not suggesting that you need to go see a trauma therapist, but you got to start. And he offers some excellent ways to do that. So get it on the page. Number two, learn how to breathe properly. He talks mm. about soft belly breathing. And some of this stuff sounds so simple. And how can this really help? But actually, what happens when we have trauma that we're just stuck in that overdrive and that chronic fight flight, we've got to regulate our nervous systems. And the biggest regulator that we have for our nervous system is right under our nose. In fact, it is our nose. <laughs> so taking big, deep belly breaths into our belly all the way and letting it out, letting it all go, Doing that proactively, maybe 10 soft belly breaths a day can be so soothing and helpful. 
and just getting us out of that fight flight and into that rest and digest. So that's another access point. And another thing that I'll mention is the concept of shaking and dancing. So if you've ever watched an animal like a dog, if you take a dog to a park and it gets into a thing with another dog and they start going at it, you'll notice that afterwards the dog shakes. Mm -hmm. It's shaking off the trauma. And after it shakes off, it's fine. But what do we do? We experience whatever traumatic event, and we ruminate about it, it gets stuck on a loop and we play it over and over again. And it's, it's, we're not safe. We got to shut down. We tuck it deep away. And what Dr. Gordon talks about in the transformation is you can do this at any time, decades after the trauma that you've experienced to help your body clear the trauma, because it's not enough just to do the cognitive therapy we've got to get it out of our bodies because of the concept that the issues stay in the tissues. So do what you can to shake, to dance, to let it go, draw, take those deep belly breaths, and that would be a, found, a fantastic mm -hmm. foundation for addressing trauma. Oh, those are some great pointers, Palmer. Thank you for those. And before we wrap up, the name of the podcast is The Hormone Prescription because all roads lead to hormones and hormone balance is uh, one of your fights components. So how does autoimmune relate to hormone balance? How? What's the connection there for everybody listening? <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish we had another half hour. So there are six very, very common hormonal imbalances that are just completely correlated with autoimmunity. And I suffered from each and every one of them. So I'll just name what they are. I know you talk a lot about these on your podcast. Low vitamin D, number one, is something that we can control. It's the easiest hormone imbalance to correct. So know your levels and get your vitamin D levels up. This is vitamin D3. Make sure you take it with K2. Another one that's low across the board is thyroid. This is a huge factor in the autoimmune equation. In fact, hypothyroid, most women in particular have an autoimmune thyroid condition, Hashimoto's, which you know of. So low thyroid, we also have low DHEA, and that is quite common across the board in people with autoimmunity. So again, know your numbers, get tested, do what you can do to, to raise those three. Then there are three that are excessively high across the board in people with autoimmune issues. One is estrogen dominance. And that's not just estrogen being high, it's estrogen high in relation to progesterone, which I know you talk about a lot. And that's super important and it doesn't just affect women, this is affecting men too. Another one that is high is cortisol. This is the dark lord, or you call queen cortisol. You gotta lower your cortisol and be in control of that. And finally, we have high insulin. So we are a nation of high blood sugar, high insulin. We've got to do what we can to lower our insulin levels. So know your numbers, get your fasting blood glucose done, your hemoglobin A1C, know your insulin number and do what you can in all of the other areas that we've discussed because they're all important for these hormones. And that's why the hormones chapter is last because when you dial in your foods and reduce the toxins and deal with your stress and trauma, oftentimes your hormones can get back towards balance. Mm -hmm. Essential for autoimmune recovery and beating autoimmune. 
Thank you so much, Palmer, for sharing your journey and your expertise. I love it when people's pain become their purpose, and that certainly is true for you. And this other quote you shared from R.S. Gray, she believed she could, so she did. You did, right? You believed that you could. And I want to give a shout out for everybody who's listening, who's struggling, maybe with autoimmune or some other health problem, just know that there is an answer, there is a solution, there is a path out there to get you back to optimum health. And if you haven't found it yet, remember the first quote, never, ever, ever give up. (laughs) And if you believe that you can, you can. Sometimes you just have to be persistent. Palmer has a gift for you. She has her eat to beat autoimmune optimal food guide. We'll have the link in the show notes. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? I do. I do. So the biggest question I get from people is what do I eat to beat an autoimmune condition? What do I eat? I hear different things from different people. And I believe that you're in the best position to figure that out for yourself. So this is a little ebook that goes into all of the things that you need to consider taking out of your diet for about a month. I call this the 30 day food vacation and then tell you what you can eat so that you can eat to beat autoimmunity. And you can find that at palmerkippola.com forward slash gift. Great. Thank you so much, Palmer. And any last words that you'd like to share? If I can do it, you can do it. This is not just my story. This is the story of every single human being who takes the, the first step and then the next towards their optimal health. And so many people have recovered from autoimmunity. And that's why in the book, I didn't just share my story. I tell the story of a dozen doctors who had been medically, conventionally trained medical doctors Mm -hmm. who developed autoimmunity and then had to find answers like you. Right. (laughs) And they found functional medicine and realized it's about the root causes. It's not about what do I give to block somebody's immune system. So if we can do it, you can do it. It's so true. So don't give up. Keep looking, finding answers. Hopefully you've gotten some here. Thank you, Palmer, so much for joining us today. It was an honor. Thank you so much for having me. And join us next week because we will be talking with Rachel Varga, who is the queen of beautiful skin. She is going to help you understand what you need to do to get amazing skin at midlife and beyond. So definitely come back and join us for that. And in the meantime, peace, love and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.